the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good afternoon and welcome, ladies and gentlemen. This is Gino Geraci. So glad you could join me on the program Crosswalk with Gino Geraci. It is, of course, the program where we typically take your calls, answer your questions about the things you care the most about. We talk about the Bible a lot. We talk about worldviews. We talk about world religions. And if you'd like to join me on the program, the number is 303-873-1935, And, of course, it traditionally we've set, we set aside Tuesday to sort of be our Tough Question Tuesday. And if you'd like to call me with your tough question, it's 303-873-1935. But you can actually ask me anything. Uh, it can be a tough question or an easy question, but I want to remind everyone, I need to say this constantly, you're free to ask me whatever question you want, but that doesn't mean I'm going to know the answer. So I want to make it abundantly clear that I do not know the answer to every question. (laughs) But I'm happy to at least hear your question and, um, and reflect on the question And so there's, uh, please don't be angry with me if I don't know the answer to your question, but I'm going to make every effort uh, to talk about your question if it has something to do with the Bible, if it has something to do with the historical Jesus, if it has something to do with world religions or worldviews. 303-873-1935. One of the tough questions that I'm hoping to get to um, made the news today, it's about surrogacy. The uh, Roman Catholic prelate, um, Pope Francis, made a declaration to uh, an audience today about surrogacy, condemning it. And so I am going to talk a little bit about what the Pope had to say and um, his condemnation of surrogacy. If you'd like to join me on the program, it's uh, 303-873-1935. That's the number. And uh, I'm going to read from the American Minute. These are notable events of American significance remembered on the date that they occurred by my friend Bill Federer. And he writes for today's date, January 9th, and I quote, he says, quote, he lost his first presidential race to John F. Kennedy, by the smallest margin to that date. A lieutenant commander in the Navy during World War II, he was a congressman, a senator, and vice president under Eisenhower. His name was Richard Milhouse Nixon. He was born January 9, 1913. Richard Nixon was the 37th United States president before becoming the only one to resign He ended the draft, established the EPA, 
was the first president to visit Red China, sent the first astronauts to the moon, whom he addressed via radio telephone, and began the space shuttle program. Nixon appointed Supreme Court justices Warren Berger, Harry Blackman, Lewis Powell, and William Rehnquist. In 1972, Richard Nixon was re-elected in one of the biggest landslides in history. A proponent of civil rights, President Nixon stated in his inaugural address, 1969, quote, no man can be fully free while his neighbor is not. To go forward at all is to go forward together. This means black and white together as one nation not two. The laws have caught up with our conscience. What remains is to give life to what is in the law, to ensure at last that as all are born equal in dignity before God, all are born equal in dignity before man, unquote. Yeah, Richard Nixon. 303-873-1935. That's uh, the number if you want to join me on the program. And earlier I was talking about um, Pope Francis. He was calling for a universal ban on surrogacy. In a speech from the Vatican yesterday, Pope Francis called for a worldwide ban on surrogacy, calling the practice deplorable. And so as part of his speech, he said, and I quote, I deem deplorable the practice of so-called surrogate motherhood, which represents a grave violation of the dignity of the woman and the child based on the exploitation of situations of the mother's material needs, unquote. So the Pope told ambassadors of the 184 countries that have diplomatic ties with the Vatican, he said, quote, a child is always a gift and never the basis of a commercial contract, unquote. And again, as reported in ChristianHeadlines.com by uh, Milton Quintanilla, he is the contributor for ChristianHeadlines.com. He posted this today. He quotes CNN and says the Pope also hopes that the international community will attempt to, and I'm quoting, prohibit the practice universally. He says, at every moment of its existence, human life must be preserved and defended. And then the article goes on and says people who have struggled to conceive as well as some as same sex couples have used surrogacy as a means to have children. That's what CBS is reporting. And so the Catholic Church has has held long standing opposition to surrogacy as well as in vitro fertilization, because according to to the Roman Catholic pontiff and the Roman Catholic teaching, they believe it depersonalizes conception, disposes of some embryos, which the church equates to abortion. In Italy and several other countries, surrogacy is illegal. The practice is legal but restricted in the United Kingdom, while commercial surrogacy is illegal. And so, meanwhile, surrogacy laws in the United States differ 
from state to state. And so as you can imagine, this seems to qualify, I think, for a tough question Tuesday question. What does the Bible say about surrogacy? Um, Does the Bible address the issue in fact? No. Does it address it in principle? Perhaps, and I'll talk about that, 303-873-1935. The Roman Catholic pontiff, Francis, argues that surrogacy is, and I'm quoting him, inhuman, saying, and I'm quoting him, women, almost all poor, are exploited, and children are treated like goods. Does he have a valid argument? Is it a sustainable argument? In addition to surrogacy, Francis also addressed other issues that seem to be taking place across the world, including the war in the Gaza Strip and and Ukraine, the immigration crisis, climate change, change, arms proliferation, anti-Semitism, the persecution of Christians, artificial intelligence, as well as a number of other issues, and... um, Regarding the war in Gaza and Ukraine, the Pope said both wars are an example of civilian populations being indiscriminately affected by the conflict. I'll have more to say about this. 303-873-1935. That's my number if you'd like to join me on the program, and I'll be right back. Hey, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. The number's 303 303- 873-1935, you'd like to join me on the program. Easy peasy to do. You pick up the phone, you dial the number. 303-873-1935. Let's see who's up. Montgomery, welcome to the program. Yes, sir. How can I help you? Uh, well, I, I've i heard this all my life as a Christian, and which is that... Uh, all people who is who are going to all Christians are going to be in the bride. Is that correct or incorrect? Well, I think the the way you're 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 forming the the, the question, um, I, I would maybe think about it a little bit differently. The way I would think about it is, does do the people who are who identify as Christian or in Christ. So let's talk about it from that standpoint. Who are who are okay. born again by the power of the Holy Spirit, who constitute the church, are they the bride of Christ? And I think that the answer is yes. If we talk about saved people, that is people who are participating in the covenant, because I believe everyone is saved by grace through faith and that not of themselves. So whether you're an Old Testament saint or a New Testament saint, but in that bridal paradigm that's talked about in the New Testament, John the Baptist seems to be uh, characterized as a friend of the bride. But I think that it would be it would be important and appropriate to say John the Baptist is in a different category. Um, So he himself identifies not as the bride, but a friend of the bride, but clearly he's a part of the salvific community. So to, I, so I think to your, um, to your larger question, if you will, and that is, the bridal paradigm is it biblical should we 
think of and, and how how far do we take the metaphor and what does that mean so yeah i mean so i i just want to make sure that i'm not answering a question you don't care about so does does well, that I, does that the, sound sort the, of where you're, where you're going with it well um i've asked pastors this question and their answer is Everyone who puts their faith and trust in Christ their Savior is going to be in the bride. And I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. The, the most holy proceeding ever that's going to take place in heaven, everybody who puts their faith and trust in Christ as their Savior is going to be in the bride? How can that be? Because when I look in the, the New Testament, we have people that are saved, yet so is by fire. They do nothing for the kingdom of heaven. We have the, the person that Jesus turns to as he is hanging on the cross, who has been a malefactor all of his life. He's done nothing for the kingdom of heaven. And he, at the last few hours of his life, he put he believes on Jesus, and Jesus says, this day shall thou be with me in paradise. Those who have made shipwreck of their faith, it goes on and on and on and on and on. And I in my paradigm of belief, I I can't help but believe that there must be a division of of, of Christians, those who uh, who like God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek after Him, and those who do nothing. They're all going to be put in the same category. I find that hard to believe. Well, I think the way that again. You, you heard what I just said. I, I said, you know, obviously the New Testament itself seems to differentiate between the friend of the bride and the bride. However, I think the imagery and the symbolism of marriage is appropriate to the redeemed. So even using your uh, illustration of the thief on the cross, if you will, um, yes. he, he doesn't do anything, but he doesn't need to do anything in order to be a part of the redeemed and a part of the bride of Christ. In other words, if we right, ask right, and we right. answer wait, the question, wait, wait, we're talking about, we're talking about two different things. Well, Being I hope we are. So, so, yeah, I hope we're, we're talking about two different things. So that's, I guess, part of where I have to go with this. Are we talking about two different things? Well, I think we are. I think in heaven we have, we have uh, those who are saved, and those who are saved and in the bride. No, I wouldn't. I, 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 I don't think I would make that kind of line of demarcation. The way that I would think of it. Okay, let's use a different word for. Although saved is a perfectly good word, let's use the word redeemed. Uh, it's kind of a, the same as saved. The, let the, the Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. So is it possible that there are Old Testament saints, if you will, who are redeemed? Yes. Yeah, I think, right. I think you're right. Are sure. there New Testament saints that there are redeemed? I think that the answer is yes. So we've got this great big category of the redeemed. Now, if you're, if, if you're suggesting is the bride of Christ something else? D d it, is the bride of Christ the redeemed? And so then we would ask the question, is the bride of Christ exclusively 
made up of the redeemed? I, I can't hardly swallow that. I really don't believe that those who spit on God, and, I, and what I mean by that is you have those who are backsliders um, that um, walked away from their faith. Did they come to a saving knowledge of the Lord? Yes. I, I know if I can name name person after person as a person that if you ask him, was, was there a time that you put your faith and trust in Christ as your Savior? Yes. And then I ask him the question, well, why are you living like the world? Because I want to do that. Because yeah, I, I like I th- living. Yeah, I, and- I wouldn't. I, I don't think you're right. And let me tell you why. Okay. I think you're right in the sense that is it possible for the redeemed to live less than a redemptive life? So, so talks about uh, it all through the Bible. Right, Do right, you know? right. But, again, I think you're confusing, or at least I think you're confusing. Oh, the I don't I- think I'm confusing it at all. Well, I think you are. I think you're confusing rewards and redeemed. So if you're asking and answering the question, are the so let me make sure I understand where you're coming from, because maybe I'm completely confused can, can about I, can where I, you're coming from. Can I uh, um, can I tell you what I'm thinking of? You sure. have those who are the redeemed who do nothing, saved yet so as by fire. They will receive no reward, but they will be in heaven because they are the redeemed. Okay, pause, okay, well, pause, we, pause, 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 pause. Right. Just just Correct. pause for a second. They're in heaven, so yes. I'm, I'm, I'm repeating your words, okay? They're in yes. heaven, Yes. and, and so what, what you're suggesting is heaven isn't a reward, it's just a place where the redeemed go, and that there are, so would you say that there are rewards in heaven, and would you say that part of the, the panoply of rewards includes the designation of being called the bride of Christ. Heaven is not a reward. It's a gift. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. It's a gift. It's not a reward. I don't, I don't dispute that. I just want to make sure okay. I understand where you're coming from. In other words, I agree Correct. with you that salvation is a gift. Now, again, back to the whole idea of rewards, um, are there rewards yes. in heaven? And I think that the Absolutely. answer is yes, and you think the answer is yes. So now, yes, but what, what I'm it. so what I'm getting at, and where where I'm trying to get you to go, is the designation the bride of Christ. Is that a part of the reward, or is that a part of simply like heaven? It's a gift of grace, and you participate as the bride because you're a member of the church and by church i mean a person who's been born again by the power of the holy spirit okay there's there's verses in the bible that talk about uh history i mean um heaven as being a mystery or mysterious and uh the kingdom of god the kingdom of heaven uh a mystery i don't think we know everything about we can't divide, define everything because not everything is definable in the scriptures. And um, 
I'm going to, I'm going to throw this out. I, uh, on, on earth, the only two things that are given away are the Holy Spirit and salvation. But in heaven, there's other things and they can only be earned and that's uh, rewards. And I also believe, and it doesn't say that, but it intimates that. I yeah, I, that I, we, unfortunately, bride, we got to go in. You hear the music, I got to go. But but thank you for your call. I just want to give you as much time as I possibly could. This is Gino Geraci. I'll be right back. Hey, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Gino Geraci. So glad you could join me on the program. The number is 303-873-1935. 303-873-1935. Let's see who's up. Dan, welcome to the program. How are you doing? Doing good. So uh, a couple things. Um so let's use the the story of the prodigal son. And there's also Peter talks about the story of the prodigal pig that the the pig that's washed returns to the wallowing in the mud. So you've got prodigal sons that are going to the pig pen, you got prodigal sons that are returning from the pig pen, you got prodigal pigs that are going to the father's house, and you got prodigal pigs that are going back to the pig pen. And we can't determine Who's who? That's only for God to know the the nature of the heart, and um, there is the true believer, as you know, J. Vernon McGee says, and then there's the make believer. Oh yeah, I love that quote. Yeah. It's one of my favorites when he says, "I believe in the assurance of the believer, and I believe in the non-assurance of the make believer." Yep. And so our rewards in heaven aren't anything that we earn here on earth. What it is is if we're living, truly living by the Spirit, by the Holy Spirit, and letting Him guide us and lead our lives, everything that we do for His glory is His anyway. So when we get to heaven, we're just going to be returning what, our, what is His and what He did accomplish through us on this earth. It's nothing that we even own. It's it's what he imparted to us and gave to us as a gift. So when we do get to heaven, our rewards are just going to be, hey, this is yours. I'm returning it to you. Thank you for letting me use it while I was on earth. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, I think I agree with the caller that that salvation is a gift. Yep. I, and I disagree, or at least I either misunderstood what he was saying, but in, in my mind, the imagery and symbolism of marriage is applied to the body of believers, which is the church. And so the imagery and the symbolism of marriage and the bridegroom is those who are a part of the church of Jesus Christ. So, so the chosen of the church are his bride. Mm-hmm. And, and so, um, and I think that my understanding of, of rewards, um, that, that, that there seems to be rewards that are different in heaven from one another. So, so again, in the Bema seat, there seems to be the basis of the imparting of certain rewards or the lack thereof based on faithfulness and service. So um, when when the Bible talks about rewards, you're exactly right. It depends on the goodness and the power of God. Um, but 
the rewards I suspect that we gain in heaven aren't like earthly rewards. You know, we think of material mansions, jewels, whatever. Right. Um, but in in this sense, I, I suspect that the joy, the peace, the wonder, I don't think there's I, – I, I, I suspect – that some people will experience a different kind of joy, peace, and wonder based on faithfulness. They're, they're all in heaven. Right. Well, don't um, you think that, that what the works that are not of him that we, that we do down on earth, they're, to me, I think they're going to be burned up. And if, well, if, yeah. we, if we haven't been faithful to him and if we have not been uh, obedient to the Spirit and, and doing, again, the, the parable of the talents, right? One had five, one had two, one had one. The one who had five doubled. I think the one that doubled, they both, the five and the two doubled, and they returned it to the to the master. And the one who had the one talent said, I knew you to be a hard hard uh, uh, master, so I buried your, tra- uh, buried your talent, and here it is, I'm returning what it is that you gave me. So maybe that, and I don't know, I'm, I'm just, it just came to my mind. No, maybe no. that's our, our gift of salvation. Hey, I just buried it and I'm giving it back. <laughs> well, I, there, there seems to be, I think, legitimate reasons to believe that there's rewards in heaven because Jesus, of, again, himself talks about, um, he, he basically says, treasure up for yourself or store up for yourself treasures in heaven. Mm-hmm. And, and he likens the command to the desires of our heart. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I, I, I suspect, to your point about talents, that there are people, and this is why I don't think it's salvation, because you don't get one salvation, three salvations, and five salvations. Right. I think that you get gifts, whether it's teaching, singing, playing, um, you get this I am willing to concede that there are people who are way more gifted than me, way smarter than me, way everything more than me. But I suspect that God in his grace and his mercy entrusts certain people with certain, dare I use the term talent, not in exactly the same way the Bible is talking about, but just the way we use it in popular uh, conversation. And so there seems to be a reward for those who exercise faithful service to him in Hebrews 6.10. For God is not unjust as to overlook your work, it says in Hebrews 6.10. And the love that you have shown for his name in serving the saints as you still do. For God is not unjust so as to overlook your work. So there are works that that I think result in reward, and I think that there are a refusal to be faithful that that doesn't mean you lose your salvation, but it does result in less reward, if you want to use that term. Well, what if you use those talents for your own self, for your fleshly self? Well, it, it, there seems uh, apparently Jesus understands exactly the motive. And so in Matthew chapter 10, remember, he says, if anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones who is my disciple, truly, I tell you, that person will certainly not lose their reward. Apparently, the, the reward he's talking about isn't salvation. He's talking about something else. 
it's the motivation of the heart would be my guess. Is, well, I, I mean, I you, sus- can, you can have you can have the exterior uh, appearance of giving a cup of cold water to a child, but if your motivation is not pure, if it's not for him, um, you know, he weighs the heart, right? He weighs our hearts, and he weighs our our motivations and our and our what we're what we're doing, and even we can even have exterior, you know, we 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 can serve in the church we can do all this volunteering but if our motivation is to gratify ourselves and our flesh yeah. you know what i'm saying sure and, and i don't and, i i don't doubt that in, in other words the presence or the absence of reward i don't doubt that what what i'm struggling with if you want to use that term is again the bible mentions rewards uh-huh. and they're not going to heaven. He says in Matthew 5, rejoice and be glad for your reward is great in heaven. For as they so persecuted the prophets, so they're going to persecute you. The reward isn't heaven. The reward is in heaven. In 1 Corinthians 3.14, Paul says, "If to your point, if the work that anyone has built on uh, on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. So to your point, yeah, there's there's certain things that won't survive, but apparently there are some things that does survive. And the goal is for us to do what's going to survive. Right. What then is my reward, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 9. In verse 18, he says, that, that in my preaching I may present the gospel free of charge so as not to take full use of my right in the gospel. So so he 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 is he isn't preaching the gospel in order to make money. He right. understands, you know, because there are people who like that's their job. And he goes, That's not my job. Yep. Okay. Hey, hey well thank, thank you. you for your call. Interesting conversation. Three zero three eight seven three nineteen thirty five. I'll be back with more when we come back. Hey, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Gino Geraci. So glad you could join me on the program. Happy to take your call, 303-873-1935, 303-873-1935. Let's see who's up. Lee, welcome to the program. Hi, Gino. Thanks for taking my call. I appreciate it. Hey, you're welcome. Um, I was calling about that other fellow that called as well. Um, so I don't have the scripture reference to, to point out to it, but I'm sure you can find it. I'm working on my car right now. But um, Jesus gave the parable of the landowner that, well, okay, let me, let me start with this. If I understand this guy correctly, he's saying that he finds it hard to believe that somebody who just gets saved and then has done nothing to benefit the kingdom of God, uh, he finds that hard to believe that he qualifies as the bride of, part of, to be part of the bride of Christ as someone who has served the Lord their whole life. Yeah, my view is um, that that's, that's untenable because being in the bride isn't a reward. It is a gift. You, you're saved by grace right. through faith and that not of yourself. So in my view... Yes, I, he, I agree. Yeah. yeah, he may or may not think that whatever that means to be the bride of Christ, it's a, it's a kind of a designation that belongs only to the elite. I don't see that in the, in the Scripture. No, I, and I definitely believe that there are... Um, rewards for service that we do um, for the kingdom. 
um, in our, our walk with God you know, throughout our lives. But salvation and being part of the bride isn't one of them because it, the, it talks about once we're believers, we're part of the body of Christ. We are part of, you know, I'm, I'm a fingernail <laughs> and somebody else may be a kneecap or, you know, whatever. But right. um, it, immediately when he was talking, um, the parable came to mind of the landowner that hired out people, uh, fellas that were uh, wanting to get hired to go work in the fields. Right. And so, so in, in the, the morning, very first thing in the morning, noon, yeah. And some in the afternoon. Right. And then they, they and some he hired head. one hour before he uh, before he, time. You know, is it of the day. Yeah. And so and I thought it was very noteworthy and kind of uh, humorous. Uh, uh, I think he sure was pretty uh, he was pretty good at stuff like that. And he made sure that, OK, the guys that were hired last were paid first. So that the other guys that had been working all day were able to watch. Oh, they got, you know, they got a full day's pay for one hour of work. So that means we're going to get more. And um, so I, I think I thought that was a parable that kind of related to what that fellow was talking about. Yeah, I, um, if if in fact the parable is a parable about whether you get saved at the beginning of your life, the middle of your life, or the end of your life, if the payment is salvation it doesn't matter if you know the thief on the cross you're saved for an hour <laughs> um right. and, yeah. or 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 paul the apostle but but so yeah. so we're back to gifts and rewards so that that becomes the key concept i think so the key concept yeah. god gives rewards at the bema so so at the at the judgment seat of christ based on faithfulness and service according to second corinthians chapter 5 verse 10 so when it says for we must all appear before the judgment seat of christ so that each one may receive what is due what he has done in the body whether good or evil so there apparently there's something that's received or or you fail to receive now again i i don't think that that's heaven and i don't think that that's being the bride right. of christ um in yeah. in my view as i try to say as simply as i can people who have a right relationship with god and christ are saved and people who do not have a right relationship with god and christ are not saved and so there right. seems to be um <clears throat> rewards based on the justice of God um, that, you know, he talks about the, the, the law of sowing and reaping in Galatians chapter six, uh, what you sow, you reap. Um, he will make good on his promise that those who labor in the Lord uh, aren't laboring in vain. So to me, there is something to this idea of rewards. Yes. Yeah. And that, and that's, it's, I mean, it, it kind of, uh, how should I say this? Um, it seems kind of similar. I don't know how related it is, but that uh, different people have different gifts. Like, right. okay, you know, I may I may do something, and undoubtedly there's somebody that does it better than I do. Um, but I don't think God really cares necessarily about that. He's more concerned with what do you do with what you got. Exactly. And, I think that's how it plays into the rewards is he 
if he finds somebody that's been faithful in whatever uh, little thing they were um, they were involved in, that's what he's worried about. And and so yes, I, I think everybody once they accept the Lord, um, they're they're part of the body of Christ. Just you know the. The thief on the cross next to Yeshua was just as saved as I am, and I got saved when I was in junior high school. So, but uh, I think what that guy's confusing is maybe, well, he, he might not be confusing. I don't know. It just seemed to me that he was confusing rewards with right. um, being that, saved. That, well, and that's why with the using the term the bride of Christ. Um, that's, you know, again, it's a metaphor and, and an image and it belongs right. to the, to, to me, the saved community. But I, as I was trying to point out, there does seem to be a line of demarcation even that is, is used that Jesus uses when he talks about John the Baptist being the friend of the bridegroom. Um, yeah, John's you know, kind of in the class by himself, I think. Yeah, yeah. That doesn't mean that he's not a part of the redeemed community, because clearly he is. And when Jesus says something about him, he says, there's there's no greater person born of a woman. So when, when Jesus talks about you that way, that's fairly significant. <laughs> yeah. Like if, if you know, yeah. if, if, if you ask somebody, I was remembering, I was reading something the other day. Oh yeah. I was talking about, um, Christopher Nolan, who was directed the, the movie Oppenheimer. And he basically said that he thought Oppenheimer was the greatest man who ever lived because he was instrumental in creating a nuclear weapon that has the potential to destroy all of mankind. I don't I wouldn't put him in the category of the most significant person who ever lives. He's no. significant but not like Jesus kind of significant. Right. But, yeah, but, exactly. But but it's all very very interesting to me because I know that um rewards in heaven glorify God and they are promises that are given. If we are children, it says in Romans, then we're heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his suffering in order that we might also share in his glory. So I agree with the caller earlier that there's there's things about heaven that we have no idea. We don't we don't understand how amazing it's going to be. And I, I suspect that Absolutely. just being yeah. there is plenty reward. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, it, it, he could come back for me today, and there's nothing I couldn't put off for eternity. That's for sure. Well, you, I think the fix, other... you, you do want to get that car fixed before he comes back, right? No, I'm just kidding, just a little bit. <laughs> well, my wife has her own car, so she'll be all right. <laughs> but And the other thing that, that he uh, seemed to – is uh, you know he talked about people that are reprobate and that they don't live for the Lord, and the comment of you know I believe in that uh, whatever that that you should uh, the believer yeah yeah I gotta yeah, go though quote, but thank you, but thanks for thank holding you. on and, and thanks for the conversation no worries mm, bye. bye. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.